And we are your hosts for today's broadcast, following top news stories of the day. Good, great, grand, wonderful. I have a bad feeling about this. What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? It's the good. The bad. And the what? Lost your train of thought, didn't I? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The What, the show in which we dissect what makes a movie good, bad, or other within a certain theme, category, subgenre, or filmography. I'm Ryan Oliver. And I'm Chris Thomas. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing relatively well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay, too. I can't imagine why you're doing relatively well <laughs> relative to these three movies that we're discussing uh, Yes, today. yeah. It's because I have to talk about a wrestling Christmas miracle. So th- there's just like a, um, there's a downbeat mood immediately. Uh, it's fair. Uh, and <laughs> like, man, this holiday season, we've, we've <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know why we just don't want to have fun. We're just we're punishing <laughs> ourselves. That nobody's making us do this. We've been doing these like you know, like maybe I don't know. Maybe it, it was like an instinctive thing where like the last couple of years we've gone really hard into the holiday horror. So we're like, hey, let's step back and do some like action like other Christmas movies. And then they've been like largely miserable. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we did the Black Christmas episode, which yeah. which that was that was fun. That yeah. was good. Um, you actually had this in a different like you had one of these movies but it was a different category and i i feel kind of bad because i feel like i kind of stepped over with an idea but i think i think i went into like like uh survival mode of just like if we watch these we'll at least get one good movie out of it sure yeah <laughs> so, which, which we did yeah we'll get into it oh and it was also it was like a band-aid movie like we knew we would get around to it eventually we're i'll stop beating around the bush it's a wrestling christmas miracle but after we watched karate christmas miracle and we knew of the existence of a like spiritual successor in a wrestling christmas miracle it like went on to the episode board but we're i have no idea in what context we're going to talk about it it floated around to several different categories it was sort of looming the entire time so I think you're sort of pushing it up to be in this category of wrestling movies and in the pairing of the other twos is sort of a band-aid solution of like, we were going to talk about it anyway. Let's just, let's get it out of the way. I totally agree with the decision to do it. Um, I'm still not happy that we had it on the board though. <laughs> it was the I wrong mean, choice. It was the wrong choice, but it's like, we're doing it. We at least got a good movie out yeah. of it. Plus we had already watched some of these movies prior because mm-hmm. we just happened to the the theme of corn screen this year seemed to be uh, uh, Christmas movies that star a wrestler <laughs> inexplicably, yeah. and so we're like, well, we've already watched these movies. We could just pair them together and b- pull the bandaid off on wrestling Christmas miracle. But I guess if people people already clicked on the episodes, they probably already know what the, the theme is today, which is Christmas theme wrestling centric christmas movies yes. even though one of them only has actual wrestling in it and the other two just happen to star professional, professional wrestlers, wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a loose uh, loose fit episode <laughs> it's this is a loose fit podcast christmas is <laughs> there though kidding? christmas is in all three so i'm taking Cri- it Cri- and christmas is, and it's not like tacked on like christmas is center 
is integral to the plot of all three of these yes. movies. It's not like it's not like you could take the Christmas out of it. It's not like Black Christmas 2019 where we discussed where it's like this didn't have to be about Christmas. Like right. no, these are these barely are Christmas was. movies. It barely was. Yes. So these are all at least centered around Christmas. Um though one of these movies is even considerably worse. Actually two of these movies I would probably say are worse than Black Christmas 2019, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Um do you want to kick off the picks or should sure, I kick off the to. picks? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, why not? Uh, so uh, the, the good is going to be Santa's sleigh from 1995 written and directed by David Steinman. Um, the bad period, bad exclamation point really uh, is a wrestling Christmas miracle from 2020 directed by Christy Anthony, but written by produced by co-starring uh, the infamous Ken Del Vecchio, uh, who was responsible for the previous Karate Christmas Miracle. Um, and then the what is going to be Santa with Muscles from 1996, directed by John Murlowski. Um, we will dive first headlong into the good, which uh, you mentioned previously was a, a corn screen pick. I wasn't there that week, so I had the delight of catching up with this one this last week, uh, which is Santa's sleigh. Grandpa, I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth you're gonna have. According to the Book of Claus, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. But now, all bets are off. Santa? Yes, there is a Santa Claus. This holiday season, Lock your doors. Bolt the windows. Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. And block the chimney. Cause naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's sleigh. The Santa Claus of legend hasn't always been jolly, having lost a bet to an angel a thousand years ago and forced to be good as a result. But as the terms of the bet come to an end, he's back to his demonic ways and seeks to undo his millennia of good deeds. Starring uh, Goldberg, uh, uh, famous uh, WWE, well, I guess he was a WCW era yes, I uh, think so. wrestler. Um, uh, back in, in, if people were familiar with wrestling in the 90s as, as I was, as you were. Um, Goldberg w- was like sort of like an undefeated, like nobody could take Goldberg down was sort of his character. He was just like this unstoppable force when he entered the WCW. And that's more or less what he is in Santa's sleigh. Um, Ryan, you saw this first. I think this was the first time watched for you as well during Corn Screen. It- it was okay. yes, uh, absolutely, and and I'm I'm you know I as, as we send memes back and forth to one another, I've yes. become more familiar with wrestling over the years, uh, over the last like year. Um, just I, it's something that I missed a lot as childhood, but I do remember Goldberg because I think he's in. I want to say he's in the remake of The Longest Yard, the Adam oh, Sandler one. I think okay. he's one of either one of the prison guards or um, double. We gotta fact check that one, but I'm pretty sure he's in it. But um, but I knew the name. So, but I do want to give you credit. So you weren't at the corn screen. You were at a Mashuga concert, which honestly is a great reason to miss <laughs> uh, a, a movie night. I, I am jealous. 
Um, but you had sent me an Instagram reel mm. of of what ultimately turned out to be the opening of this movie. Um, there was zero context for it other than you saying, wait, how have we not watched this before? Right. And I sort of looked, I watched the reel. I was like, that's fantastic. Like we got to <laughs> watch this. And so I brought it to the group um, and we had a light attendance that night, but the three of us like really enjoyed the movie. And I had heard the name before, but like there's so many of these Christmas pun holiday movies that I sort of just lumped it into those like, you know, Santa Claus with a W S mm-hmm. Santa Jaws there's Santa isn't real, which came out this year as a movie, um, which, oh God, I sounds like I could sing that to Jingle Bells. Santa Claus, Santa Jaws, Santa isn't real. Oh. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's that. that uh, so th- there's a lot of those Christmas pun horror movies. And right. so I was sort of like, oh, this is going to be miserable and terrible and, and all that. And uh, surprise, surprise. I mean, this movie isn't more than what it says on the box. But it's really good at doing what it says on the box. Right. Um, it is Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus wrecking people, dropping one-liners. They don't ask him to do any more that he's capable of doing as an actor. And that's to the benefit of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of actually pretty gnarly kills in the movie. Um, a lot of practical stuff done. Um, so it's it's a surprisingly good time. But yeah, you just caught up with it. Sans the group. Uh, right. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. what did you think? What did you think of it? I on one level I loved it. So I, I think contextually <laughs> yes. in 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 sort of the, the this is definitely is going on the rotation of Hollywood or sorry of holiday horror movies that I will yes. watch regularly that if people are looking for a good time I would highly recommend watching Santa Slay because much like you I I was familiar with um the the VHS cover of this movie, which I saw like Tiger Town video when, when I was growing up. Um, but it being, you know, it's 2005. So like mid 2000s era holiday horror starring an ex uh, professional wrestler. I was like, like, nah, like this has so many red flags. It's like, I don't really want to burn my time on this movie. It's probably not. Like, yes. It looks like something that would play midday on sci-fi channel. So I'm just like, nope, like not going to waste the time. Um, but then, like you said, I shared that reel with you. And in that reel, we've got a star-studded cast. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, uh, Chris Kattan, which, I mean, like right there. Uh, uh, James Caan. James Caan. Um, <laughs> Fran Drescher. Uh, Fran Drescher, uh, which is amazing. Yep. And, and that ends up being like the beginning of the movie in that reel. But I was just like, whoa, like how do they convince these people who in like the mid two thousands, like were still bankable people. I'm not sure about Chris Kattan, but like these are still like recognizable people that are in this movie. So it's like, okay, there must've been something of substance in here to get these people on board, even if it is just a cameo. And so it looked worth watching. And as you said, like the practical effects in that scene, it looks fun. And it's just Santa wreaking havoc. This is like, this is exactly what I would want out of this sort of premise. It looks like they actually did it instead of just came up with the name, put it on a box. And then they're like, well, make it as cheap as possible. Yeah, absolutely. They do a lot of dedicated craft to that opening and, and a star studded. And I guess I was taken aback by the fact that that ultimately was the opening, but I guess it makes sense with the names in the movie that like, well, they couldn't get them all 
you know, maybe, I mean, maybe not. And maybe they all owed the, the producer of this movie a favor, which we should also note, like the elf, all the producers of these movies are dirtbags, like notable sort of dirtbags. Mm. Uh, Brett Ratner is the producer of this movie, um, oh. which, which unf- I mean, he is a dirtbag. He's yes. also produced a lot of movies that are good, like especially through the, like the Rat Pack yeah. uh, production company. Uh, I guess the director wasn't a former assistant of his. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know what that means necessarily, yeah, right. but uh, but it makes me wonder if all these stars that had owed him a favor, or he was able to call in some people and get them in. But like, it does work well in the opening of the movie. It's it's it, you know they're they're you know it's a very much like Drew Barrymore and Scream situation yes. where it's like here's all these name people and they're killed in the first three minutes of this movie. But well, I was also worried. All despicable people, so like they're it's, all terrible. It's satisfying yeah. that they get wiped out so quickly. They're all ter- yeah, they're all terrible. It's like kind of like a ready or not type, or, right. or like yeah, thanks yeah. or like Eli Ross Thanksgiving most recently, like mm-hmm. the kind of like a precursor to that. Um, so it's enjoyable seeing that happen. But I was worried. I was like, oh, like I hope the movie doesn't peak here. Mm-hmm. Like it did have a sinking feeling of like, uh oh, like is this movie going to keep up that energy? It does shockingly. Like it it's it shockingly keeps up that energy. There's a surprising amount of lore in the movie mm-hmm. that's like. Which kind of great. well thought out, yeah. Which is great. There's like a stop motion yeah! sequence too, like, like a Rankin Bass sort of style. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's fantastic. absolutely. I, and yeah, Bill Goldberg just dispatching people one by one. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, well, it becomes thought? indiscriminate too. So like, we we sort of get a sense, like, because it seems like Santa is doing like a Krampus thing at the very beginning. Where, yes. like, these people are on, like, the naughty list, and it's not like they get coal, like, Santa actually kills them. And so we're like, oh, okay, well, if it's going to be, like, a, a supernatural sort of uh, revenge thing where um, Santa is killing the people that are on the naughty list, that's one thing. But then he starts wiping out people who are good. And then that's <laughs> where we get filled in more of, like, the backstory of, like, oh, Santa Claus, like, was never actually supposed to be, like the jolly bearded dude that you sit on his knee and you tell him what presents you want. He actually hates that reality. Um, he, he like made a bet uh, based on a game of like curling with an angel and he lost yeah. the bet. And so because he did so for a thousand years, he needs to like be good and bring joy and do good presents and all that. He stuff was like an that. actual demon. He was right. actually an, a demon. From he was hell. a devil from hell and, and was sentenced to this life. Just and don't... yeah, and now it is dope and now and you know and then there's a whole like backstory with like the our protagonist's like grandfather like telling mm-hmm. the whole scenario uh uh you know of that and he's like a descendant of the angel i believe yeah, yeah. something that's the angel I, fell in love with a human woman and so then he became uh he became mortal so that they could be together so then he actually has a lineage like that's yeah. what we're talking about like there's an actual like lore and backstory to the characters and why people are the way they are and stuff and it's it's like, oh, I did not expect this out of Santa's sleigh. No, absolutely not. And then there's still, like, I wouldn't say, like, not to the level of the opening, but there's still, like, a pretty decent known cast of the rest of the movie. Uh, Dave Thomas from SCTV is mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, Saul Rubinek from uh, uh, True Romance and, and a bunch of other stuff is is in it as the, I think he's the deli owner. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, so there's there's a good there's a good cast all the way around. Um, I should have rewatched it because I wanted to at least note like all the death sequences because I like those are the things I don't 
remember as well. I know there's a lot of like there's a decapitation at some mm-hmm. point. <laughs> there's uh, he actually drives a sleigh around um, with like a bison is, that's leading him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's like a hell bison. It's like fantastic. So, uh, yeah, uh, Saul Rubinek he uh, uh, stabs him through the throat with a menorah and pins yes. him to the wall. Um, yeah, th- there's a bunch of like really neat kills that, as you noted, like have practical effects in them and stuff. So like that is that is the stuff that I I am like really impressed with in the movie is that they they definitely could have just like hey we got Bill Goldberg notable name we started the movie with notable actors and and it's it's like movies we've seen a thousand times where somebody you know has a decent concept they shoot 10 minutes of the movie they show it to investors to get more money to finish the movie and then they pocket that money and make some cheap dog shit to tack on to that original 10 minutes that they shot and then nobody's happy except for the producers who are running away with the money that they should have used to make the movie and it f- oh you're talking about our next movie you're, I yeah, thought, we're, hey. not, we're not there yet allegedly there allegedly, yet. allegedly 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like it, it's amazing to like have that gut feeling going into it and then end up with a real movie and be like oh my yes. god like you guys actually cared and you put craft and, and work into it now i'm i'm so impressed with santa slay well especially because like horror horror comedy is difficult to do period like mm-hmm. it, it's really really hard to pull off and it's even harder to pull off like holiday horror comedy because like everything has to be you know it, it's easy to go overboard on like christmas puns yep. and all of this stuff like to the point where it just like becomes it could become grating and annoying yes um in, in a lot of ways like i you know i watched there's that movie two front teeth from mm-hmm. like a decade or two ago that's like really cheap and annoying i just watched it's a wonderful knife on shutter oh. which i wasn't a big fan of okay. um like i you know and so it's just like it's really hard to do and so for this one to actually have like to have a lot of like craft and care and thought into the story like and it's not perfect. Like I, 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 sure. I don't want to oversell it to people. I would, I would love people to be as sort of surprised going in as we were yes. by, by it, you know. But I, I would say like it's not perfect. Like our, our two leads, like you know, of course, there's like a love story and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and that stuff's kind of just, it's not horrible, but it's just like standard issue. Like it's just the the patchwork to get to the next scene where Goldberg messes somebody up right. with a with an object, you know. Um, but it's it's shockingly good for a movie called Santa's Sleigh. S L A Y uh, could have gone so wrong. Oh yeah, and it's it's really fun. Would you put this on the level of Jack Frost and and not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost? I mean the this the is killer better snowman. than this is better than the Killer Snowman. I'm glad you brought I, it up. I knew I, there was one yeah. I was missing. Yes, I agree with this. that. But like I think similar approach in that yes. I think Jack Frost goes too corny and the comedy doesn't work for me and it's a bit too crass especially with some of the stuff like the the like rape scene yes. like that stuff is like way too over the line for me to like I, I can no longer enjoy the movie because you went that far uh, for me Santa Slay goes in a similar direction but mm-hmm. has much better lore and story and it's much more fun and not as like yes. downbeat in in those and the- areas Exactly, not as gross, which right. is wild considering who was <laughs> partially right. Yeah, well, not as gross on the screen. I don't know what the production was, was like. That's a, true. Poor yeah. craft services. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, but um, 
But no, I think you're 100% right. I think Jack Frost is like the right comparison in terms of like, but I think this does it, that definitely does it much better. But oh I God. think, but especially if people do like Jack Frost, because there are fans of that movie out there, then it's like, this is definitely the movie for you. Oh, and even yeah. if you And even if you don't like Jack Frost, I think you should watch this movie because it's, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say Jack Frost, it's, I wouldn't say Krampus. Krampus is a little bit more like production value is too high for produ- Krampus. Production Krampus production value is high. Yeah. Um, I would also say, even though the production value is also high, I would compare also to like Violent Night, most recently the one with David Harbor as okay. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that also has like comedic element to it. That one's a little bit more like die hard like but with actual like christmas you know to it um and like die hard and john wick in that situation i would say but like but the the comedy meshed with like the like the violence all set around christmas time i would say holiday and the character exactly appropriate way yeah which you still haven't seen violent have you no no it's pretty good I would say I it's, think it's, it's on worth HBO. watching. I, I, know I think it's, it's on Prime Video now. Oh, okay. Also, yeah, it's worth watching. I, it's worth watching for sure. But I would, I would put this in that vein as well. Tis the I, I would say I might watch this. Tis week. the season. Um, I mean, like I said, Goldberg Goldberg doesn't do more than what he's capable of, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But like, I mean, David Harbor. I mean, David Harbor's a much better actor than Bill Goldberg. So if you're getting that, like, yeah. which that movie also has a bunch of backstory and lore oh, as good. well. Okay. Um, so I'd recommend Violent Night, but I definitely recommend Santa Slay. And it's also short too. It's only like eighty yeah. something minutes long. It might like, be gets in, than gets that. up. I think so. Santa Slay. I, I think it's yeah. seventy seven minutes. 78 minutes. 78 minutes. Oh, yeah. my God. You're right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which, yeah. It which, gets in and gets out. And I do I do want to dogpile on your mention because it's something that we will talk about when we get to our other two movies as well is that Goldberg being like sort of the lead, being the draw on the box that he's utilized in a correct way where it's mostly him just being pissed off and, and treating his lines like it's a WCW promo. Which, yeah, like he's insults, you know, yeah, which like, is just great, which is works. He's like, move, bitch. Like, like, that. like <laughs> he's like Freddy Krueger, basically. But like throwing out his lines and then he uh, delivers a spear at one point where he jumps through a window and spears a dude. So it's like yes. he's doing his old like wrestling moves that are recognizable to uh, like fans of his career there. And uh, it, it, it's just so it's so appropriately written around the character and and the uh, uh, the the other uh, characters interacting with him and, and sort of being mm-hmm. like kids on the run, uh, one step ahead from this violent Santa Claus. Like it has like a ticking clock element and and everything is introduced and piecemealed out. That it especially for a seventy eight minute movie, there's really not a point where I ever felt a lull, which is just like, oh, what are we doing here? Why why are these characters mulling around? Like they're they're being pushed from scene to scene to scene to scene. Which was great that by the time the movie was over, it's like, holy shit, that was 78 minutes? Like, that flew by. Oh, my God. It flew by more than our next movie, and our next movie is shorter. Yes. <laughs> it's dragged by. And then our last movie is the longest one. Yeah. Um, it feels it, It too. feels it. <laughs> it feels it. <laughs> but, yeah, this, I, this one could have even... St- I was just now I take that back. Sorry. I was about to say it could have stood to be longer, but no, I think it gets in and gets out the way it needs to, you know, I, I think the only down and, and even the production values are all right. Like it's lower budget, but it doesn't like, I think other than the actual ultimate final, like curling match at the end, like when that little like hole opens and it's like the CGI hell flame, like that's pretty bad. But yeah. like, 
but you did everything right up until that point. There's not much else you could do. I'm like, I, I forgive it. I forgive it. And it's one of those things too, where it's just like, I see what, like what the, the director was going for, like what they envisioned in their brains. Like, Oh man, wouldn't that be cool if like the ice itself like cracked open and then we see the portal to hell. Like that'd be really neat. And just like your, your, your vision and your imagination going beyond what you're actually capable of pulling off in post-production. I yeah. mean, that's a tale as old as time. Like I, I totally understand that like mistake, oh, yeah. but at the same time for a movie like this, I forgave it. Cause I was like, yeah. That's that that 3 p.m. sci-fi premiere type of uh, visual effects that I expected in the movie. And the fact that it only shows up now. Eh. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. It's not like it's not like uh, the last act of Spawn going back to our very first oh, episode. Boy. where It's just like the whole scene is set there and you're like, uh, yeah. No. Oh, yikes. <laughs> I mean, because there's there's the scene where uh, the, the old crotchety lady is driving down the road and Goldberg is physically in the sleigh on the road behind her dragging it on the pavement with spark shooting like there's a practical yeah. thing there of him being like get out of the way like they Doesn't he say like grandma got ran over by a reindeer yeah. or something like that okay that's what I thought <laughs> there's there's great one-liners like that good practical effects it, it, yeah they did the right things enough times to where yes. it, it, it's all forgivable they didn't over and they didn't overdo like the the puns, you no, know, like no. like you know, it's it's not a Jack Frost situation where you're just like I get it by the end of it, you're just like stop it. Versus this one, it's like everything was varied throughout. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like they did the same thing over and over again. And so it it's it a lot of a lot of care, and I think that's the biggest thing we're saying. Like because again, I just want to reiterate based on name alone us and i'm sure we're not the only ones would would immediately be like yeah no like write it off not gonna watch that immediately and just say no it's actually worth it like it's it's worth seeing so and again it's the season tis the season is and you know we've said it before you know as as further down the road we do this podcast is you know we love doing it so we'll, we'll go as long as we can and uh, you know, we're just going to get more and more niche. So I'm sure we're going to get into some of these holiday, more holiday this horror is gonna movies. going to get worse from here. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. I mean, <laughs> but all I'm saying is this is this is that uh, to, to use a quote from a wrestler not in either of these movies, the cream of the crop will rise oh, to the top. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, this is this is that cream of the crop of these holiday horror movies. Like, and it, it deserves it deserves to not be in the pile with the rest of the the play on word titles. Like, right. it's it's actually much better than you would think based on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Check it out. It's fun. It's on everywhere. It's on every streaming Tubi, service to rent. I think is, where I is, it. is it on Tubi to I think f- so. for free? I don't. I think you're right. Remember. I think you're right. I rented it, but we did for corn screen. We often rent them because Tubi have ads, so right. we'd all have to pause. And so I think I rented it on either Prime or Apple. Um, so you can go that route, but it, 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 I believe it's on Tubi. I may rent it as well, are, but I think it's only four dollars, and that's I mean it's worth it. And I was going to say I think maybe it's because the other two movies are on Tubi <laughs> that we're about to discuss. <laughs> Not worth it. And they were no. free. <laughs> our last, I think, our last movie is only available on Tubi. Um, I think we watched it on YouTube. <laughs> we did for Corn Screen, but for for last night rewatch, I watched it on Tubi. <laughs> so, it is a better quality one on Tubi. It's oh, like good. the it's the Blu-ray for quality. Oh, there's a Blu-ray um, of this movie. There, there is a Blu-ray of that movie, oh, but what there's not a Blu-ray of. Thank, thank <laughs> it should, God, it should never be a Blu-ray of. 
is a wrestling Christmas miracle. Uh, I'm done with wrestling. Done with wrestling? Why is that, Keith? Because in 40 days and 40 nights, it's Christmas. So? My friend has been in a coma for three months, and if I make a movie that will make him laugh, he'll come out of his coma. So you know how we always talked about making a movie? The funniest movie ever? Well, I did it. I made a movie. I made this movie for you. Your immensely cunning and gorgeous boyfriend has a scathingly brilliant plan to make off with the Gabriel's Christmas. Make off? Immensely. Oh, you mean steal. Oh, I'm a mean one. Kitty cat. The movie is missing. What are you talking about? It's in Uncle Ronald's car. Yes, it was in Uncle Ronald's car, but he left the door unlocked and all the presents were taken, including the hard drive with the movie on it. Why, why did we do this? Why did we do this? How did we... <laughs> it's not like we didn't know. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I'll put it on record here. I said on a previous episode, and I've said in previous episodes and conversations that a wrestling, sorry, a, a karate Christmas miracle is the worst movie I've ever seen. A wrestling Christmas miracle comes out on top and pinned it. Uh, it is that is the new worst. That is the new benchmark. Wrestling Christmas miracle <sighs> is the next. That, that is the worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I totally understand that. I think it's like a tie, I guess, because, oh, uh, God. Because okay. I hate A Karate Christmas Miracle for a lot of different reasons, but the, there's there's at least like a, a maddening fascination as to what's happening in a, cross, a Karate Christmas Miracle that like I'm desperately trying to piece things together and it's so disparate and Eric Roberts is here for some reason and you're just you're kind of engaged because you're trying to put together this puzzle piece and a wrestling Christmas Miracle is so it, it's equally inept in, in yes. the way it's structured and the way it's shot and edited and written but it's it's going for a straight kids movie, bad comedy, which is just Oof. insufferable. It's painful. It doesn't have that it doesn't have that same weird disparate structure. You sort of understand what like how they're they've pieced it together, but it it's just nonsensical and boring. And so then it's just like I'm not interested or engaged at all. I just hate it all. Yeah, I get that. I'm I, I think I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. In every step of what you said, I think I was angrier at a Karate Christmas Miracle, and it was probably a couple reasons. So I guess we should maybe rewind just a moment because we may have gained some new followers since we talked about a Karate Christmas Miracle. Mm-hmm. So people might need a little bit of a refresher. So we talked about this movie, a Karate Christmas Miracle, a couple years ago, um, and as Chris said, and and we've said in many podcast episodes since, whenever we watch something bad, it's like, well, at least it's not a Karate Christmas. Miracle. Like it, it, it's it's it was the the low bar. Um, cause it was the, the brainchild of this Ken Del Vecchio, who is, uh, a former judge in New Jersey, um, who ceased to be a judge so he can make these like right wing propagandist movies because as a judge, you have to be bipartisan. And so he clearly was, uh, not being by right. making these movies. And, uh, so he made all these movies. You can go back and listen to our episode on it. I think Chris did the rundown of, of like all the movies that he had made, um, There's like 30 but, of them. But A Karate Christmas Miracle, like, A Karate Christmas Miracle made me angrier because, like, we didn't know what we were getting into. It was just something that 
uh, friend of the show, Michelle Parkos, had picked as our corn screen pick that week. None of us really knew that it was going to be this propaganda film. None of us knew that it was going to be very insensitive regarding the Aurora theater shooting from 2012. Um, so it's like I was more offended by it. But I would agree that this movie is a worse movie. And it's worse because it's it's like you said, it's all the bad comedy. It's also as bad as a, a Karate Christmas Miracle was. It's the same kind of plot or at least the same sort of framework as a karate christmas miracle yeah a karate christmas miracle starred ken del vecchio's son mario del vecchio um and he needed to do all these karate challenges because he believed that if he did that his dad would come home his dad was presumed dead um spoiler alert his dad does come home in the last five seconds of the movie and then the movie ends and so he's (laughs) doing all these they do all these challenges Uh, He needs to do all these challenges in order for that to happen. And this one's similar. He's like the top wrestler and top like football player. And it's all just a bunch of home videos. Yes. uh, Because because it's clearly has like the referees and all the other people's faces blurred out. So it's clearly just the home movies they shot at a wrestling match, which is inexcusable. Which he Um, could have. He like could have put in the legwork and called around him and like, hey, I'm making a movie with my kid. Like, can't like, will you sign a release form? And I'm sure that some number of the people would. And. And the fact that he just looked at those videos is like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just didn't do it. It didn't do it. Didn't do any of the work. But uh, his character, uh, Mario Dovaka's character in this movie, um, he now, uh, similarly, he's stopping wrestling, even though he's like the top contender. And his dad, who's played by his real life dad, Ken Dovecchio, was also some top wrestler. That will be important. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, also, sorry to jump around, but like. That's the other thing too. Boy, am I thankful that his role is like so small in the previous movie because he is terrible, awful. <laughs> just awful, horrible, mugging for the camera, just just the worst, worst performer. Yeah. Um. So he's in this movie a lot more than he was in the previous one. But anyway, his kid is stopping wrestling because his friend is in a coma, and he believes if he makes this movie for him that will make him laugh, that he would come out of this coma and, and uh, much we are not given any reason as to why he would think this no 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 then none of this is clear he just he just believes this and we know because we're cynical assholes and we know the reasoning and we've also seen one of these guys movies before is because he had an unfinished movie yes. of scenes he shot <laughs> that is just interspersed with this which was the same thing as the last movie yep. but this one's all like bad comedy stuff as well uh martin cove is back in this one uh who's just horrible in it uh he's kind of embarrassed i felt really bad for martin cove he's <laughs> kind of embarrassing in this movie gilbert godfrey r.i.p is in a scene doing doing gilbert godfrey shtick he was like the only highlight of the movie because it was just like he's just doing his thing yeah and it was nice to see him and then and then he's gone he's in it for a a scene of this movie that was not finished well same thing with michael winslow michael winslow had one michael winslow's in this movie you're right which michael winslow it's like a jury hearing but it's at it's like a courtroom but it's an hospital it's like because they couldn't get a courtroom because he's not allowed near one uh, as we've discussed not anymore (laughs) they just used his old judge robes and threw them on michael winslow they were rotting in a box in his attic 
It's so embarrassing. Oh my god, oh, I couldn't believe every it. Every facet of it is fucking embarrassing. It's super embarrassing. So the plot, so the the framework of this movie is relatively the same. Uh, the only difference, there's two plot, I guess, differences. One of them is that uh, Ken Del Vecchio <laughs> is going to wrestle in Africa mm-hmm. uh, or, or South America. It's or where, the Congo. Where is he re- oh, it's the Congo. He's yep. wrestling in the Congo. Okay, so now, yep. So he's wrestling in the Congo. So he's leaving, and meanwhile, uh, two crooks. Like two crooks who were in the movie, disgruntled the actors movie within the movie, the movie. Yeah. disgruntled actors from the movie decide to steal the movie. Right. Um, there's this Buddy Fitzpatrick and uh, Julie McCullough, who was like a Playboy model. I, I like I realize, and she's in the last movie. She is, she's yes. like the professor in the last movie. I recognize her like right away. Well, and Buddy Fitzpatrick um, is the co-screenwriter too. Oh uh, yeah. So I'm assuming he like riffed on a lot of the jokes and stuff that they have on screen, and so then he got like a co-writing credit because like how much of this movie was actually scripted? It's hard. I mean, I guarantee not much of it. But but so they're disgruntled actors from the previous movie, and so they're like, well, we're going to steal the copy of the movie and hold it for ransom. Which also like, how do you only have one copy of the movie? It was made in like. iMovie at best. Let's let's give them that. Let's say it's made in iMovie. It's saved on a computer or a hard drive somewhere. Like nope. Uh, nope. They uh, put no. it on one external hard drive, wiped it from everywhere else, and it just lives on that one hard drive. So it makes no sense. But it's only one copy of the movie, and so they steal it, and they're like bumbling crooks who are holding it for ransom, and they they do like like you know like that yep. type of. Comedy and, and comedy and air quotes. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's it's it's. Well, oh my god! It, and it must be so. Like in a Karate Christmas Miracle, uh, the the whole plot about like I need to get the, my black belt by Christmas, and then the um, terrorists will release my dad. Yes, it, the kid is like a background actor for the most part, and it's really like concentrating on his mom, sort of dealing with the fact that like her husband is gone, and uh, trying to like get her son to come to terms with like reality of like your dad's probably dead, and then it, that's interspersed with scenes from uh, <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts uh, talking at at the, his webcam, uh, and it's all inexplicable and strange. But in this one, like what we're talking about is like my friend is in a coma. I'm going to make the world's funniest movie that that's going to wake him up. Like we we get all of this is like an exposition dump over like home video footage, like we said, of his kid just wrestling. And Mm -hmm. then we cut. We are nine minutes into the movie and he's talking to his dad in his living room of their house, which I must say. The house that they shoot this movie in, which I, I believe like there are scenes from Karate Christmas Miracle shot in the same house, but like what a like lifeless, barren, uh, uh, just uh, like hellscape their house is. Like it, it's it's like cold. It's like THX one one three eight. Like it, it's just <laughs> there's barely anything on the walls. It's just like blank and white, and they're just in this big void talking at one another. And every time they shot in the house, I felt like extremely uncomfortable. Well, because you know, most likely that's probably Kendall Vecchio's yes. house that they're shooting at. Oh, it clearly, it, it, is. It, 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 it clearly is. But it also makes me wonder because it's it, it's one of those hard things too, where you're like, 
I know you're an inept filmmaker, so I don't think that you thought to do this, but maybe you did think to take down anything that could be legal, anything that to your actual, I mean, your son's in the movie, but like your wife's not like this is right. an actress, actress in it. Um, yeah. in you know, family uh, friend family friend in it um i mean but there's like there is a couple legit actors in it there's some dude from a christmas story in it scott schwartz yeah yeah is is in it. so it's like uh and and in the not movie within the movie portion of it uh yeah. he's like the uncle um but like maybe they did think to take the things off the walls before they shot which i i who's to say it it's I'm going to say either is a possibility. Either their house really is that sort of like barren and lifeless, as you said, or they actually did think to do it, but they didn't set decorate or anything like that. They just left everything off the walls. Um, You know, it would require me to have to watch again to see if there's like tack holes and stuff like that, but I'm not going, I'm not doing that. So I'm just going to say, those are the two possibilities. Strong you baby. De- you decide for yourself. <laughs> well, and I mean, he's a former judge, so I'm sure that he would have that in the back of his mind of like, I need to keep these legal things in my brain because I want to try and turn a profit from this dog shit. But the the whole thing, like when he, he's doing an interview where he's exposition dumping about like my friends in a coma, I'm going to make the movie that's going to wake him up with a laugh and everything. He's talking to a reporter and he says, Christmas is in 40 days. It's like, cool. You introduce a, t- a ticking clock element. Um, how is this 11 year old kid who's never written and, and done anything for a movie before going to be able to produce this in 40 days? Like that's going, that's a, a wacky, weird, zany premise. Let's see what he does. And then we like hard cut, like, well, you wrote, directed, and starred, and then edited a movie, and it's all right here on this hard drive, and Christmas is five days away. It's just like, oh, we just, like, zipped past 35 days. You took all, all the interesting the things out. All that could have been interesting is all off, <laughs> off screen. Um, I was baffled by that choice, but I was like, oh, okay. Um, according to the, the premise that I read about the movie, I thought that that was the movie. But nope, we're nine minutes into it, so where are we going with this now? That's when we get introduced to the disgruntled uh, uh, actors. And we also get introduced to the movie. So, like you were yes. saying, the, the the scenes that Ken Del Vecchio like, clearly produced and, and shot for a different movie, but that movie didn't come together. So, he reused that footage for this one. We will, like, cut away to random scenes that have nothing to do with what's going on in the movie. Or does it? <laughs> It kind of ultimately does, but it's. I don't want to give it credit, but it it, it does kind of factor in. A little we'll bit. have to get to the. We'll get to the end. Yes. Yeah. Soon. We'll get to the end. But yeah. But yeah. Um, but but like, yes. But it, it's jarring because yes. at the mo at the at the moment you're like this is nothing to do with anything. Oh, when you so don't know, it's it's like when Eric Roberts pops up in, in Karate Christmas Miracle. You're like Gilbert yeah. Godfrey's in this movie, and what is he talking about? Like, wait, did somebody get hurt? Why are we at a hospital? And like, it, there's no real story or anything to like lead us into it we're just in a scene now um and it has no bearing as to what we've already seen um and it's not until later where we're like oh you're just interspersing things that are from the movie that the kid shot into this other drama about the movie being stolen um just to pad the running time which we know they needed to pad the oh yes they did <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really it's it's jarring and it's just like it's just filler. Um and then we got back to the bumbling crooks. That's the most annoying thing that you will ever witness in a motion mm-hmm. picture. Uh just like awful. And it, it's that so it's like that's the stuff where I'm like I 100% agree with you where I'm like the the other movie had such a bafflement 
that you were engaged, even if you were angry yeah. at it. And this one's like so easy to tune out that like bad comedy where you're yeah. just like, ah, this is just, 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 it might as well be staring at a blank screen. Like it, it's just like nothing at that point. Well, and their so, relationship is like a pinky in the brain where like she is like, like bottom of the barrel, stupid, like guffawing, like uh, not able to understand basic things like countries and languages and stuff like thinking that uh people from mexico speak french like that sort of like uh isn't that silly that she thinks that so like it's going for the the absolute lowest common denominator but the people who wrote the dialogue and are and are performing the jokes are also the lowest common denominator so they're also terrible actors oh just none of it lands all of it is is like it's not even cringe either because like you don't even get the sense that they're really even trying it's like the laziest lob pass jokes that would not entertain a toddler it's it's frustrating oh absolutely it's 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 so frustrating especially because that comprises two-thirds of the running time of this movie (laughs) because it's like we're introduced to like we said the the clearly home video footage and then the exposition and then a little bit of the movie and then the sort of setup of like, okay, now the movie's stolen, and now Ken Delvecchio is going to wrestle in the Congo. Yeah, we're we're getting to that. We're getting to that. And then and then the and then the last ten minutes, there's like a hundred twists and turns where they're like, because it, we had forty minutes of nonsense in the middle, and then they decide to wrap up everything in like ten minutes and, right. just, and in clear expositional dialogue. But we got to get. Before we get into the ending, the whole 10 minutes and everything that's revealed, we got to get into the wrestling in the Congo part of the movie. Because I feel like this is this is important for a lot of reasons. It's sure. it's important to the story of this, and it's also, also important to re- maybe allegedly, allegedly, allegedly important to real life yes. um, here. But um, so he's wrestling in the Congo. And, and by the way, his wife hears this on the radio via voiceover. Oh, not just his wife. Exposition. Everyone in the movie uh, well, every, is listening intently to the radio oh, story about this. Oh, that's true. Everyone is doing about this. So Ken Delvecchio's character is wrestling in the Congo. It's supposed to be doing like a rumble in the jungle type thing. Uh, the wrestling version. Um, but he's actually staging a coup yes. to overthrow the current president. And, and this establish... movie came out in 2020. I just kind of want to... Yes. Maybe unrelated. And he, well. and he currently doesn't have a movie in... Like, if you go to his IMDb, there's no, like, upcoming. So... Well, and if you go to the, the URL that I just shared with you... Oh, I've might, been to this. I've been to this one be before. Relevant. Yes. Oh, you talk about the the picture he took smiling with Donald Trump. One well, picture smiling with Donald Trump, but then also so that the, the URL is Ken Del Vecchio for Congress, uh, asking for votes in June, and the the home page of the website is is a mess, and the video that was once posted there is now like gone and deactivated. And it's like it seems like Ken Del Vecchio has not been really active with his uh, uh, political aspirations since. 2020 i wonder if maybe something may have uh <laughs> where hmm i i i wonder i don't know i we just we, I, all i would like to know is where where was kendo vecchio on january 6th that's allegedly 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 <laughs> but I, I i my my jaw hit the floor when that was introduced as a plot of this movie and i looked at and then i looked at the release date it was like november 15th 2020 and i was like 
Huh. Well, and allegedly. Like the whole, allegedly. The, he's also like, uh, according to the the uh, the radio announcement that we get towards the end of the movie, he's basically regarded as a hero. Where he's like, uh, American <laughs> Olympic gold medalist, like invades and uh, performs a successful coup in a communist country turning that communist country into America. And, it, and it's just, it's supposed to be like an oorah, like red-blooded American type move. But it's like just knowing Ken, De- Ken Del Vecchio, looking at his filmography, looking at his political opinions, looking at a picture of him with Donald Trump, you're like, ah, <laughs> this guy maybe has some opinions that maybe uh, had like a uh, – Violent insurrectionist outburst on a particular date. I, I, I don't know. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Um, it's it, again. This is this is. We're we're not one of those people to push like conspiracy theories. Like this movie clearly is. But this uh, is a fun uh, one. <laughs> but but this is this. There but there's there's a you know ponder. Uh, yeah, pause yeah. for dis- pause for discussion. I just uh, I wouldn't and, be surprised. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised either. It, it is the it, did he. Probably not, but I wouldn't. It, I. But who's to say? Who's right. To say? Yeah. But uh, so this leads into like the final ten minutes of the movie, yes. um, where every twist and turn possible happens. Where the uh, they're going to give the bumbling crooks the million dollars or two million, whatever the ransom was for the movie. They're going to give them the two million dollars. Uh, the mom. The uncle from a Christmas story uh, guy and and uh, Mario Del Vecchio, and uh, so they give them the money, and it turns out the uncle was a part of it, was a part of the was like a part of it the whole time. He's the one who left the door open for them to sneak in and steal. Because mm-hmm. not only do they steal the movie, they steal all the Christmas gifts, and they're and they're like children's toys, right? And they're like playing, like they show scenes of them playing with them, and it's just like what the what are we doing here? The uh, Anyway, so the uncle's behind it. Ken Vecchio shows up back from back from the Congo to wrestle behind them, um, to like wrestle in the ground. And uh, and then there's something I'm missing in here in the sequence of events. Um, uh, well, so I I don't know if you also mentioned that when the sequence of events happens, it just happens out of nowhere. We we yes, that's we the thing. cut to. Yeah. They're in the gymnasium where they just recently held wrestling practice and, and Kendall Vecchio uh, begged and pleaded with them to leave one of the lights on. So they're just on a wrestling mat in a gymnasium with a single light above them. Um, and it's uh, the mom and the uncle, which I didn't even realize this until I just looked it up on IMDb, but you said he's from A Christmas Story. He plays Flick, uh, yeah, the kid who Flick. gets his That's... tongue stuck to the pole. I was trying um, to remember who he played, but yes, he plays Flick from A Christmas Story. Um, those two and then the two thieves and they're just standing across from each other for like a few feet away from one another. And one person has like, I have the hard drive with the movie that's in this box and you have the bag of cash. You throw it this way and then I'll throw the, the, uh, hard drive your way. And they have like a back and forth banter, which is just stupid as fuck about like count to oh. five. Well, what if I just say ABCD? Like it's. That's dumb. It's We're real trying dumb to shit. pad the runtime, so we would just need to have this go on Stretch. forever, and it's none of it works. And uh, they toss the box and the money, and then when she looks in the box, the hard drive isn't in there. Uh, we should also mention—totally uh, didn't mention this earlier. 
that they were shopping around the movie to uh, oh, uh, like producers right. to try and get it picked up. And a producer watched the movie and apparently loved it, which I don't know why, because we've seen portions of the movie within the movie, and it's fucking ass. So no one would watch this, but he was like totally willing to pick it up. Um, so they apparently like want to double dip and get some cash from them for the ransom and then sell the rights to the movie as producers. Um, and this is when we get the reveal that the uncle is dirty, and he like holds mm-hmm. a gun on them while Ken Del Vecchio has one of the dudes in a headlock. And... So we're like waiting for the scene to resolve and the kid comes running in in a singlet and sweeps the leg of the uncle and takes him down to the ground and, and they're a able bunch to of get the wrestlers. His yes. Oh, they it's like the whole wrestling team comes in and <laughs> and apparently like torture them to death. Like he like he, and he alludes to the fact that they're not going to go to jail. They're going to like suffer a terrible oh, they're, fate. Th- they're going to murder them essentially. Yeah. And and <laughs> and then I think it's revealed here that uh, Ken Vecchio's character was has actually been in the CIA this entire time. Mm-hmm. And so it cuts to a clip in the movie because the movie within the movie reflected that idea, which is like he's also mugging for the camera. He like can't speak and he's doing sign language, but it's clearly it's not, not sign actual language, sign language. It's really offensive. Yeah. The way that he goes about it. Um, but it's it's not actual sign language, but uh, that he like the the that part of the movie was actually a thing that reflected in this movie. And so he was a part of the CIA. Um, and then after the whole wrestling covert uh, murder situation and we cut to that scene in the movie within the movie, then we cut to that at that moment. That's when Mario DeVecchio was showing it to his friend in the coma. Right. And he doesn't wake up. And um, he's like, well, uh, so he's like, yeah, he just needs some time. And he goes like, <laughs> I'm already losing it. I'm losing it too. So he gets, he gets some time with his friend and he goes, he's like, well, he's like, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. And he's like, but you can't tell anybody. He's like, my dad has been in the CIA this entire time. And he took them out in the Conco using his famous wrestling move. And so he gets up on his friend's bed, does the famous wrestling move. And after he does that, his friend wakes up you from have his to coma. Explain like visually what's going on when he does the, the, the yeah. wrestling move, though. Well, it just it looks it looks very suggestive. That's well, the, the, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it. Um, <laughs> I I don't remember exactly how what the move is. I, oh, well, I just so he, did the move. he crouches on the bed and and basically he's like, well, okay, so he gets him in a headlock and he like. He loops his arm under the kid's chin. And again, the kid is like unconscious, like laying here. Don't do yeah. that to coma patients. Um, but then not only that, but he starts getting him into a headlock. And then we do like a, a fucking, it's like Donnie Darko. We like cut to a, a, a shot of like a landscape and the sun is zooming across the sky because it's like a time lapse. And then a, an, uh, there's a superimposed eye that opens up and it's like looking over the horizon. And we're getting the this voice with a reverb effect that's like saying lines from the movie that don't actually contextually make sense to what's going on here. It's just we just need to reuse audio to make this seem like something's happening. And it's, like, really confusing as to, like, why, wait, what's going on, what's happening here? We flash to white, come back into the scene, and the kid the kid wakes up, and he, like, leans up, and then apparently they only had one microphone on set, because they don't they don't mic the kid, and you just get, like, a, a hushed mumble of him being like, 
uh, can you like not say And then everyone <laughs> runs into the room, being like, "Oh my god! Oh, he's awake!" And then they they cut it to like a close up of him, and they give him another line again without a microphone, being like, "Oh man, I, I had like so, it was a crazy dream. I don't even know what I was about." And then. And then we just cut to Mario DeVecchio go, it's a miracle! <laughs> Flash to white, Wrestling Christmas Miracle <laughs> title card pops up. And then we cut back to the same home footage of the wrestling match that were from the beginning credits. And at this point, I am, I'm, I'm weeping. Like, I'm tears <laughs> pouring down my face, laughing so hard as to, like, what, like how... Because this r- happens and is resolved in less than 20 seconds. And then we have the credits, and I am dumbfounded. I cannot believe what I just saw. So I picked up my remote, and I'm like, I got to go back and rewatch that scene. So I hit it to look at the timeline to back up. And I see that we still have 11 minutes left in this 77-minute movie. That they just took up with credits. <laughs> and I was just like, I, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. I, I I was like checking an email and I looked up <laughs> I looked up and saw the title card. I was like, wait, because I, I, I think it was like maybe two minutes prior where like I checked. I did a time code check and I was like, I was like, oh, my God, we still have like 15 minutes left mm-hmm. in this movie. So I was sort of like, well, I was like, I got a ding. Let me check. And then I look up and the title card was there and it cuts. <laughs> the, I was like, wait, what just happened? And so I had, to rewind it. I had to rewind it, watch that scene again. And I, and I was just like, what? I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. It's it's inexcusable. It's, <laughs> It is inexcusable. It's not a movie. Like no. it's it's not a movie. It's 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 got to be a scam. Which I know we said that about a karate Christmas miracle. Allegedly, well. allegedly, 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 allegedly a scam. But it's 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 got to be like uh, just. Oh, I, I don't know what else it could be. Like it's not an artistic endeavor. Like there's no, no. way that he wrote this down on paper. Was like, oh no, man, I got to tell this story. Like there's no story to tell. No, there this the story. I mean, and like we said, the framework of it is basically the previous movie. Yeah. Like I, that movie was more hateful, but I think like, but they tried a little harder on the other one, relatively. Oh, I mean, but, at least but, in terms of like cinematography and stuff, like there was somebody who was trying to plan shots, and there was like cut back and forth, like mm-hmm. close up, close up, close up, like over. And the there shoulder. was more. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, you're I good. was gonna say there was in in the previous movie. There was also more of like the new stuff. Like I feel like they didn't use as much, like the archive footage was short and like interspersed. It was nonsense, but it was like short where it's like, there's whole long scenes in this of the unfinished movie. And so it's like, there is like nothing to grasp on here except for those final, like I wouldn't even say 10 minutes, like five minutes where they wrap everything up like in a neat, tidy bow. And it's like, what just happened? It was uh, un unreal. Un- inexcusable <laughs> and i i hope our journey is done with this filmmaker i do I, not want to yeah. watch any more of these movies oh like i so i, I and i've looked it up i looked up like ken Vecchio's like uh his filmography and in his wiki page and, and whatnot and he's got producer credit for like over 30 movies and Oof. a lot of them are very much like, oh, this is a like very hard right wing talking point type thing. And he like champions this sort of stuff. And so it's just like, 
it's not only that he is a, a terrible, terrible filmmaker and allegedly, quite possibly, a scam artist, but the the movies that he decides to champion are topics that are are going to do nothing but make me upset. Yes. So it's just like I don't want to spend my time. Like it's it's not like uh it's not like watching a Neil Breen movie, where like right. it's inept, sure, but like it's coming from uh uh it's coming from somebody who he's got strange views. Uh, of course, so one of his movies has a happy ending, quote unquote, that results in mass genocide. Um, but it, it's that ineptitude that is sort of kind of charming in a way because he's at least trying to do something and trying to tell a story, and he's committed to the thing that he's doing. Yes, Ken Del Vecchio is not committed to the art behind no. making a movie. He's it's more about the to message, money, and getting the message exactly. And I think that was the thing. I think that makes this movie even worse, is because I disagree with the message of, of like, well, I mean, I've only seen these two, but it's like I disagree with the Karate Christmas Miracle, and on the surface. You know, titles and subjects I'm not going to mention on the show because it's just going to be upsetting that I, you know, but but this one, other than well, I mean, there's the coup, I guess. So we, I guess we can't glaze over that. But like, other no. than that, this movie doesn't really have a point of view necessarily. No. Like the other one had like War on Christmas point of view and like Second Amendment, Second rights. Amendment stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like I, you know, I I disagree with the viewpoints here, but like there, where I'm like this one, I'm like, there's this movie doesn't even have a viewpoint. What is it? What no. even is this movie? You know, like no. <laughs> what, so. And I mean that kind of runs into our next movie is that it's a it's a it's an attempt at a kids movie, but at least in, in the case of of Wrestling Christmas Miracle, like it, it's there's no actual pull to it. There's no there's no lesson. There's no like kids yeah. are going to walk away from the movie having learned X. That's not it. It has the bones of a kids movie where there's like dopey criminals versus the hero kid. But there's mm-hmm. nothing in between there where the kid learns a lesson or the parents learn a lesson. Like none of that is there. It's just like random footage that I had left over in this box of DV tapes that I'm going to throw together and I'm going to trick somebody into giving me money for those DV tapes. Yes, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Well, I was that's that was that was going to be my segue of being like you know Ken Del Vecchio is is allegedly a scam artist. We cannot confirm to deny, but we can allegedly do it. But we know the producer of this next movie was a true blue scam artist. Actual (laughs) actual noted scam artist who wrote a book basically bragging that he was a scam artist. Yes. Uh, You know, and we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, maybe that's a good point to to swing into Santa with Muscles from 1996. In the season of Santa, there are two kinds of people. The naughty... And the nice. I've got 50 bucks for the first elf that brings me Santa Claus. Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, and he's definitely naughty. But sometimes, the only way you can feel the spirit of Christmas... Where'd he go? ...is to be hit over the head with it. Santa! What? It's showtime. Now, this confused bad boy is Santa, like you've never seen him before. Santa with muscles. There's a new Santa in town, and I know if you've been naughty or nice. How do we want to swing into this, actually? I do, well, I guess maybe should we not leave people hanging? Should we start with the... Well, should we start with the plot of the movie? Yeah. And then we'll go get into... Get the plot out of the way. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get the plot of the movie out of the way. 
Um, I clicked the wrong tab. I also clicked the wrong tab. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the plot is a wealthy exercise supplement mogul suffers a head injury. God, I cannot talk today. A wealthy <laughs> you'll get, exercise you'll get supplement mogul suffers a head injury and gains empathy for other people. I feel like there is a lesson here. Dot, dot, dot. Um, there's more. We'll get into there's, it. But... There's more to it. I, I just, I, I was struggling to find it with the plot, but there was just like, eh, actually, but no, no. So like, yeah, basically a, a wealthy uh, exercise supplement mogul suffers a head injury and it gives him amnesia. And when he comes out of the head injury, he's dressed as Santa Claus. We'll get into why, but he's dressed mm-hmm. as Santa Claus and is convinced that he is in reality Santa Claus. Um, yes. So because of that, he ends up teaming up with a gang of orphans who are trying to save the property that their orphanage is built on from a criminal mastermind who we don't know why yet, but wants that property. It comes into play later. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, I guess to 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 address the the scam artist in the room, uh, this movie is produced by Jordan Belfort, uh, the subject of the book and the Martin Scorsese movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Uh, so somebody who is a known, known scam artist. Yeah, on um, the books, who, scam artist. On the books, scam artist, on the record, um, who went into producing briefly. He produced a couple movies, including another movie, with Hulk Hogan and the director of this movie. Uh, hmm. It's like Secret Agent Club or something like that, which also just hit Tubi. Uh, and so did No Holds Barred, which is the oh, Hulk Hogan Oh, we've been vehicle. talking about that for a while, actually. I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we'll, get into some Hulk, we'll get into some Hulkamania here on this, oh, this podcast. Um, but yes, uh, so this movie is produced by Jordan Belfort. So automatically, you see that in the opening credits and you go, uh... Like, what am I in for here? Like, is this movie, like, is this movie a tax scam? Um, allegedly. allegedly. Uh, but, yes. But <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably. Uh, and it stars Hulk Hogan. And this is like past his peak Hulk Hogan too. Like Hulk Hogan had a brief moment in like the late 80s, early 90s of like trying to break into movies with such movies as No Holds Barred, which is fun. And Suburban Commando, which is also fun. That will come soon to a good, bad, what near you. Um, but uh, this was, but this was past. I mean, was he even still in the W? Was he a WWF wrestler? He was, yeah, was, he was. Uh, so yeah, they, okay. they, he was WWF, but then he did continue into the WW, uh, WCW. He was part of the Attitude Era. And then he actually did end up uh, wrestling all the way into the rebrand in, in WWE. Um, he he oh, was so around he, in wrestling for quite a while. So he was still wrestling at this yeah. time. In oh, yeah, he was. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's surprising. But, also, Jordan uh, Belfort was arrested in 1998. Oh, that's what I thought. I so, knew this was. Th- I knew this was still in the in the the uh, before he went to jail. It's so, right yeah. there. Yeah, right it's in the right. middle of his money laundering towards the end when he got really crazy with it. I'm kind of upset now that there wasn't at least a portion of the Wolf of Wall Street dedicated to the making of Santa <laughs> Muscle. <laughs> I mean, Hulk Hogan would have done a cameo. They would have been like, "Hey, man, oh. we'll we'll give you access to craft services." Like, I'm there, brother. <laughs> I'm already on my way, brother. But I gotta assume this movie was probably such a crime against cinema that Scorsese was like, "No, nah, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this in my picture. It's not going in my picture. Forget it. No, nope, not happening." Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, apparently Jordan Belfort was on set 
while they were shooting Wolf of Wall Street because he was like a, a consultant or whatever while they were shooting. Yeah. And apparently, like after a while, the the producers and and like Marty had to step in and be like, "Hey, dude, you gotta fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> like people don't want you here, and you keep talking to people that don't want to talk to you, and you you've got to leave." I'm not surprised, and I, I thought he was he was on set for this movie, which maybe he was. I mean, maybe he was. Yeah. I I, I also wonder, like I, I this especially watching it this time, I'm like, is that his house? Like oh. this large lavish ma- mansion. I was gonna look at the shooting locations, but I'm like, I wouldn't be shocked if that was mm. one of his houses. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll we'll try and research throughout this. But uh, but yes, Hulk Hogan is essentially uh, uh, peddling these uh, supplements. Uh, um, and and he's a he's a rich prick, but he's got like a childlike sensibility. Like he he makes his butlers and everybody. He's like do. Richie like, Rich. It's really weird. Kind of. It's really strange. Um, it's really really strange because uh, it's not like he's it's not like he's like some trust fund person. Like he he may he's a businessman, but yeah. it's like but he does these like childish antics. I mean, he does like a paintball match, which leads into the, the a high speed chase with cops where they're shooting real guns at them. <laughs> Yes, high speed chase. We're getting chased by Clint Howard, uh, and yeah. he dives out. He dives out of the car to to like go hide up in a mall. He also moves, out, drives, jumps out of a moving car while somebody is still in the car. Yeah, and it's just like ghost ride the whip. <laughs> ghost ride the whip. Um, so he's this this wealthy person, and he's known like because we get uh, oh, yeah. after he gets knocked with amnesia. So he dresses Santa to hide from the cops in this mall. Meanwhile, uh, one of the elves who's played by uh, uh, Bob Pinciotti Star- from That 70s Show, Don Stark, um, he's, he's, he's in cahoots with this Frost, who's the villain, who's played by Ed Begley Jr. Mm-hmm. And he's buying up all this property. Uh, him and his evil doctor, who looks like Wes Anderson, um, could could not unsee it once I saw it. He's got the same yep. haircut. I was like, Doctor Wes Anderson, um, and and these like weird, like one girl who's like Shocker from Spider Man, and like dude, it, uh, it's like like we were watching the movie uh, on corn screen. And I was like, dude, this is is this motherfucking Metal Gear Solid? They they introduce like these four villains who are all themed and they have different powers. So I was like, where's Psycho Mantis? Ocelot, um, put down your controller. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they're doing evil things, and uh, Bob Pinciotti is in cahoots with them in some way. Uh, though he ultimately he's he does it out of like there's like a sort of there's like a cl- the movie attempts to have some sort of class discrepancy subject there uh which again if jordan belfort producing this movie should not be the person tackling that uh idea but uh but it's there but hulk hogan's dressed as santa to try and hide from the cops and then he falls down a garbage chute and knocks himself on the head gets unconscious gets knocked by like a, a ceramic santa claus yeah, yeah comes yeah. down there um and uh so he gets knocked on the head Bob Pinciotti finds his wallet, realizes that he is this wealth, that wealthy entrepreneur. He's like richest man in 11 states or something like that. Mm. Has a bunch of money in his wallet, steals the money in his wallet. Um, and so he convinces him he's Santa Claus and that he needs to get back. So he's at the mall. Kids are starting to sit on his lap. Meanwhile, a couple of thugs, one of them inexplicably looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like in a, in a dare outfit. So if you could, if you didn't know this movie was made in the 90s, the dare t-shirt is a dead giveaway. Um, they're trying to steal like the donation jar. 
Um, and then Hulk Hogan comes and beats the ever living crap out of them. Um, and he that's sees the with picture, muscles part of the Santa. That's the with the, that's the the titular muscles. And he sees a painting of this church, and for no reason whatsoever, he's just like, "I need to go there, brother." <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, ends every line with "brother." <laughs> I wish. Oh, dude, that, that would have made this movie, movie so much better. It would have been so much better. So the movie opens with one of the little girls from the orphanage writing a letter to Santa about this evil Frost who has been making life hell for people in the town. Mm-hmm. So it's like a known thing that he's trying to buy this orphanage. Uh, and if he can't buy it, he is going to I- extract it using sheer force of will of some kind. Well, and that's how we get introduced to the middle gear solid villains is that we yes. see a dude like strung up by his ankles. Who's like, you own a bookstore. You're either going to sell that bookstore to me or like th- there's like a geologist and then yes. a, a chemist who specializes in farts. Uh, as far as I can understand, like he, like he uses methane gas, but like it's very clearly like he just smells like an asshole, and everyone treats him like he smells terribly. And then the other, uh, the third person has like electricity powers, um, which that was like a direct like Metal Gear Solid two. Um, there's a villain uh, who has electricity powers, and it's just like, what? okay, hold on a second. <laughs> what what like, movie are we even in? Right, like, we haven't even really established a tone yet or uh or like the plot i mean you know it's it's all like revealed in like in short bursts yes um but he realizes but hulk hogan realizes like i need to go to that i need to go to that orphanage brother Brother. (laughs) sorry i just keep doing that every time (laughs) so him and bob pinciotti go to the orphanage uh (laughs) and then they meet the people uh, there. Uh, and then there's a large section of the movie just dedicated to both pratfalls. There's like pratfalls at the orphanage, the family, like the, the orphans there being in turmoil about Frost. Bob Pinciotti trying to get uh, Blake, who's, who's uh, um, Hulk Hogan's character, trying to get his thumbprint. Because he has mm-hmm. this in this world that there's a thumbprint you need to do in addition, like to when you put your debit card in the bank. So he's trying to get his thumbprint so that he can extract right. a bunch of money from him. Because um, he's in with Frost in somehow, um, in some way, but he has a change of heart. We ultimately. just know he's skeevy. So, like, because he's skeevy, he's involved with other criminals in the area. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just like, you know, he's just doing it to get by, you know, sort of thing. Right. He's not like he's just he's like it doesn't really matter who I'm working for. It's just like a means for me to to make it by. And he just God, man, he Don Stark mugs the hell out of this movie. Like every single like facial expression that he could contort, he will do. Like just, hey, I mean, I'll, hey, I'll say Don Stark innocent, honestly. Like he knows the he's, assignment. He, it's a kid's movie and he's hamming it up. He is giving more than he is getting. That is mm-hmm. for hundred percent. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking him for mugging, but it's just notable that he is the old. But like, but well, it's, it's because like it's because Hulk Hogan is so wooden that like the the dude. the disparity is so clear. It's just like, well, you know what movie you're in, and I'm not sure that Hulk Hogan knows he's in a movie. <laughs> That's the thing. It's it, it's he's he's trying to bounce off of him. And it is, it's just like, it's just a brick wall that it just like hits and dies on impact. It's a lot like, 
it's not like, you know, as much as the movie didn't work really for either of us, it's not like Jingle All the Way where like Sinbad mm. is riffing and Arnold could at least like throw something back because Arnold can actually like perform, Act. you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, within reason, but like he, he, he can under, he understands the assignment of right. the things that he's in at the very least. And Hulk Hogan's just this, just this, just like, he's, he is a terrible actor. Like he, he, he is. Oh, he's trying to ham it up. He, he, he is, like attempts one liners and stuff. And especially in the beginning when, when they're doing the whole, like he, he had to do his stuff and he's like, Oh, that four minutes that took forever. Yeah. Like, uh, he's like, you know what? How he has like all these rules to live by, which never really factors in no. the plot of the movie at all. It's just a thing. He's like, I'll insert a line of dialogue here so people can get a sense of like his delivery. It's so flat and wooden. It, it's it feels like he he wants to deliver it with a British accent, but he he can't convincingly fake one. So he just yeah. he does the same cadence of like, well, as you know, rule number one is don't ever yada 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 and it, like he tries it like it, it's really odd watching it happen because you kind of see maybe what he wants to do with the performance but he like cannot do it <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, it, it's 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 painful it's it's honestly painful to sit through like um even like he's not a good actor in any of his movies, but even like Suburban Commando, he he mm. understands the assignment more, and that's also like a kids movie, yeah, too. But like he or Three he Ninjas, the uh, Splash Mountain or whatever. Oh yeah, the High High Noon at Mega yeah. Mountain or whatever yeah, yeah, it's called. It. Yeah, Splash <laughs> Splash Mountain. Yeah. No, that was the sex tape. Oh, um, oh yeah, that was the Gawker tape. <laughs> oh no, the oh god. <laughs> He was a better actor in that movie. His line delivery was much better. He was more convincing, that's for sure. He was still dressed as Santa Claus. It was, it was really interesting. <laughs> he just he really wanted to nail that part. Oh, uh, he, yo, he nailed it, all right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, but, uh, but he's he's probably the highest profile wrestler to whiff in the acting like the wrestler to acting game. Oh, like there, sure. Like there's been some yeah. bad like ones, you know, uh, you know, like see no evil with like Kane. Yeah. You know, things like that. But like, but as far as like top tier known pop culture wrestlers to get in the acting game, I, I think he's probably the Hulk Hogan's got to be the biggest one to like totally just whiff. But even, and I think it's because like in terms of actors, actors, you know, sorry, wrestlers turned actor for the most part, they sort of know their role. And it's a really good comparison to Goldberg in mm -hmm. uh, Santa Slay of like, they utilize him correctly. They're like, well, you're a big intimidating guy with a, uh, a, a booming voice. So we're just going to have you say big intimidating things and look scary. And we're not going to ask much more of you than that. And even Kane in see no evil, like that movie kind of sucks, but like, He's just a big intimidating guy going around and kill. He's he's Jason basically in the movie. True, and that makes sense for like uh, uh what did I say? Suburban Commando, where it's yeah. like he's a he's a, a, a robo like a Terminator slash RoboCop. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not the best, but like he's meant to look intimidating and just be like a juxtaposition of size between him and then the people who house him, which are Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall in right. the movie. Right, and so plus also you have. Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall. Duvall. Like, yeah, you know, have actually good good actors to kind of elevate the material around him. And and this one, it's like you get Don Stark doing his damnedest 
Uh, and same with Ed Bakley Jr. Um, yeah. as well, doing doing his best. Um, but it's like all the whole middle section of this movie is just like it's just Ugh, like painful. nothing. It's painful. painful. It's nothing. Was that um, mostly hanging out at the orphanage and just like kind of like it's situational comedy of like what if uh, 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 what if Hulk Hogan believed he was Santa Claus and they just kind of like hung out with kids for a while. Yes. And that's like 40 and minutes in the movie. <laughs> it is. It isn't until like later on he sort of questions this sort of like idea of like, well, like I need to go deliver gifts. Like what, how do I do that? And like, right. you know, like he's like really concerned about that. But it's like so much of the movie has gone by to nonsense that like when the movie starts to ask you to try and sort of care about his plight uh, and then sort of care about, like, the mystery. Like, there's these catacombs underneath the orphanage that they go play in. They call it the playroom. But there's a safe that they apparently, like, only know three quarters of the code, but not the other one. Uh, but Hulk Hogan knew it, knew what it was. Right. Um, and so they open it, and there's, like, these very rare diamonds in there that are just, like, worth millions of dollars. Um, and so that clues you in pretty quick that you're like, okay, that's why Ed Begley Jr., wants it uh right well it turns out that's part of the reason he wants the orphanage he's got another reason he wants t- to do it but uh it's it's really dumb um and then they fight the the people um because they're not going to sell the orphanage and then uh santa with muscles gets knocked out of a, uh into a garbage truck like uh like the shredder in the first ninja turtle movie yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and uh and then he sort of uh, he comes to he get the, he gets dropped off at his mansion and he comes to um, realizes who he is but he's got a change of heart now his mm-hmm. attitude is different uh, and he calls the uh, orphanage and the the lady of the orphanage is like giving him grief but it turns out that the villains have some sort of voice modulator to the making it sound like he shouldn't go there uh, but then of course he does and uh, another fight ensues and freaking. Then there's some dumb backstory between both him and Ed Begley Jr. That, like, they both went to that orphanage. (laughs) Yeah! So it's like Ed Begley Jr. hated it there. And so not only did he want the stuff in the the catacombs, but he wanted to destroy the church or the orphanage because he hated it. Meanwhile, Hulk Hogan, um, and that's why Hulk Hogan remembered the code to it, uh, was and why he's, like, why he needed to go to that orphanage because he remembered being there as a kid um but it's like where did this come from this came out of nowhere (laughs) well it's completely unnecessary too because it's like you don't need like you you're in it for the mine you you don't need to have a backstory and connection to it magic diamonds in the mine that's all you need to know to to get this thing to the finish line um like he was torturing the guy who owned the shoe store down the street earlier like did did you you, your father was a cobbler like do we need that backstory to 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 let us know why you're attacking the shoe store guy like no like you already have incentive as the villain of the movie it's 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 so weird it's it's saturday morning cartoon style writing but it's like several episodes smashed into one like all these different ideas came out in the writer's room and then nobody was just like okay well we need to refine the story and toss the ideas that don't fit they just went like great cool first draft rip it out and go like we we just got to get this shit out well like do you think almost as if some guy who produced the movie was just like on a shitload of cocaine i mean Mm. I, 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 i i don't know 
It must. It sounds like it. <laughs> I wasn't there, so I can't say for certain. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> uh, I don't think you have to allegedly this one. <laughs> we we know the facts are there for that one, but uh, but I guess sure. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for safety, yeah. for safety, for safety. Um, <laughs> but well, I like your theory about it being a TV show. Like, do you think that it was like? a pilot that didn't get picked up. And so then they just shot a bunch of nonsense to do it. Like, but like, which isn't necessarily a knock. No, I'm not saying like nonsense. Cause like Mulholland drive started that way. That mm-hmm. was a pilot for ABC and didn't get picked up. And then studio canal gave David Lynch a little extra money to shoot some more stuff and turn it into a movie. And so, which is it's a, a great movie. Great. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but it, but it makes you wonder of like, okay, well we don't, we didn't get the, we didn't get the series. So here's all the stuff we wanted to do. Cram it into a movie. Right. Um, cause it, it, it's, 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 yeah, it's Saturday morning cartoon is stuff. And, it, but like you're, you're resting on the comedic talent of Hulk Hogan to pull it through. Um, uh, who is funny, but in all the wrong ways. <laughs> uh, he's not funny for this. He's not intentionally funny. No. <laughs> but he's... So he... he. But I guess, I mean... I guess to, to go with it being in the what... Like, it looks more like a movie... <laughs> <laughs> than a wrestling Christmas miracle. I mean, the bar is so low because the bad is a wrestling Christmas miracle. So it's just like... You're like, this movie was shot on film. It's all in focus. Uh, there's linear editing. Like, the story might be nonsense, but the actual, like, camera work and stitching the movie together is not nonsense. But also, at the same time, like, I don't want to completely knock it. Like, if you have a, a group of like-amended individuals that want to watch some oddball movie that's, you know, fit for the season... I think this is a fun watch. We did watch this on Quarant Screen. We had a good time watching it as a group, I think. Like, there are very few lulls. I, th- I think the movie is too long is another thing that I would say about it. Yes. Um, it, it is a full 97 minutes, uh, which I know, like, in the context of movies, especially nowadays being, you know, three and a half hours long as the norm, it seems. Uh, 97 minutes doesn't seem that long, but for this movie, they probably yeah. could have shaved 15 20 minutes out of it and, and yeah not what's that Roger Ebert quote no no great movie is too uh too long and and no bad movie is short enough yeah and, and yeah it is one of those it's like for what this movie is it's far too long especially because right. like you know it, it may sound like we yada yada over the midsection of the movie but like we, we really didn't because the movie nothing, yada yada over there's mid-section. nothing that happens in the middle of this movie it's <laughs> it's it's absurd like i said it's Hulk Hogan has Hulk Hogan is, is terrible in the movie and has no comedic timing. Don Stark is doing his absolute best. Um, all the other actors, uh, same with Ed Bailey. Everyone else is pretty bad in the movie. I guess we should note one of the kids is Mila Kunis. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the movie. Um, but like all the kids are not good in the movie either. Like I, you don't want to knock the child actors, but like no, it's all on a sliding scale. Like, Garrett Morris is in the movie, which is fun oh, to yeah. see him. Uh, 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 Who's yeah you know, a, a character actor you would recognize from a million things? So, I I don't know. Like there's there's like I said, like minded individuals who would watch this kind of stuff. You would be a fun group watch. Uh, it was you could, a fun group watch. Yeah, you, you could mystery science theater three thousand this yourself and, and sort of point and laugh and have a good time. Uh, and you can't do that for uh, a wrestling Christmas miracle. So no, that's why this is the what. Yeah, it's it's it, this movie is not. 
horribly miserable to sit through. Um, you know, but like you got to watch it with people. Like, right? Oh, don't you watch know, it by your. Yeah, don't. I no. I rewatched it for this podcast, but it was like, uh, but like it was just more for refresher. Like, yeah. don't don't watch this movie alone. There's no oh, reason to. It's torturous. And if you're if you're gonna watch a Hulk Hogan movie alone, <laughs> the Gawker video. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. I was I was gonna try and be earnest, but I was like, wait, I got the, got the opportunity to do the the funniest thing here. So, uh, <laughs> but Hold if on, you have let me fire for, up my lime wire. And then... But if you, but, if, but if you have time for two Hulk Hogan movies by yourself, <laughs> uh, you should watch either No Holds Barred or Suburban Commando. Um, wait, wait, No Holds Barred is the the Gawker video. No, I thought it was Splash Mountain. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, that, was there a follow-up? Oh, I got man. nothing on deck. God damn it. <laughs> I think that's probably our cue to, to yeah. uh, waltz, waltz out of this episode. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think we're pretty much on the same page of this. Like, Santa slays a... <laughs> God damn it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Santa Slay is a blast. Yes. The rest of the Christmas Miracle is miserable. And Santa with Muscles is all right in the right setting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a proper good, bad what? A proper good, bad what? Very confident in these choices. We we thought initially we'd maybe like, you know, go in and be like, uh, we'll figure it out as we go along. And then as it, as we watch these movies, like, no, this is no, very, it's pretty clear. Cut, cut and dry. <laughs> which pretty one's definitive. Which one's bad? Which one's bad? There's no ambiguity here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, do you have any other thoughts before we wrap this uh, up? I'm glad that we're done uh, with, with, with this episode. I, 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 know, I know it's the Christmas season, so I don't want to be a downer. It's the holiday season. I hope that everybody is uh, festive and happy and having a great time. I, uh, If you're looking for something to watch this holiday season that you haven't yes. watched before and you're inclined to watch these type of movies, Santa Slay, 100% go out and watch it. Um, if you uh, are with your family or your friends and you want to uh, get a little bit uh, inebriated, a little bit toasty, and, and watch something else that's strange, Santa with Muscles will uh, uh, fit that bill. Um, and just completely black out a wrestling Christmas miracle and anything to do with Ken Del Vecchio, and uh, you'll be all the better for it. A hundred percent. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we're done as well. Um, this has been, to, to, to quote... Ellen Griswold from Christmas Vacation. I don't know what to say. It's Christmas and we're all in misery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's been our uh, yeah. Christmas time. Good, bad, what? Uh, we got a couple winners in there. You know, we we talked the original Black Christmas and yeah. we talked Santa Slay. Um, but yeah, that first one <laughs> was kind of a miss, and uh, two of these are something. Oh boy! But uh, yeah, but we're we're out of the holidays, so we hope you have a hop- holidays. Have a great time with your family. Uh, we'll be back next week, back on our Patreon. Um, yes. We're going to take things a little easy because there's a lot of holiday craziness this week. So um, you're listening to this on the 22nd of December. So on December 29th, we're going to do a Patreon to talk about a couple new release movies. We're going to be talking about Godzilla Minus One. Hell yeah. Uh, the latest Toho Godzilla movie. Very exciting. Away, but that. hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, there you go. There you have it. Um and then we're going to be discussing Poor Things, the latest film from Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, so very excited to dive into both of those movies. And then the following week, I think it would be January 5th, I want to say. 
we're going to do something New Year's related. Yes. We haven't really decided how we're, we're going to do it, it <laughs> but we're, we're, we're working on it. It'll be related. Um, we have a couple options we're kicking around, but uh, we're, we're not going to put too much stress to do that now. But it'll be New Year's related. That'll be back on the main feed January 5th. So you can look for that then. But in the meantime, as I pull up the script <laughs> you can find and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, google Podcasts, and many others and you can subscribe to us on our patreon at patreon.com slash good bad what just one dollar you can follow us on instagram at the good bad what or you can email us at the good the bad the what at gmail.com our logo comes from michelle parkos and our theme music comes from paco whose portfolio and soundcloud link you can find the show notes respectively chris where can more people find you online yeah, you can find me online on Letterboxd at C underscore T-H-O-M. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Ryan underscore Oliver. You can follow me at Threads at Ryan Ollie 90. It's R-Y-O-L-I-E 90. Or on Blue Sky Social at Ryali No 90. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week on our Patreon for a discussion about Godzilla Minus One and Poor Things. And back January 5th with a New Year's-related episode of some kind. So, happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.